we can pray like Elijah as well and experience amazing. How about this? Even miraculous results in prayer. Okay, so we'll be in James chapter 5. We'll start today in verse 16, and let's open up in prayer. Since we're going to be talking about prayer, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word contains instructions, guidance, and wisdom that we can take and apply to our lives. So, Father, we thank you for prayer principles, and we thank you for powerful results as we apply these principles in our lives. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Help us to pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Now, I want to skip to the middle part of verse 16 in James chapter 5. It says, the effective, oh, and is it ever, this is extremely effective. In other words, it gets the job done, okay? It's effective. The effective, fervent prayer. The word fervent in the Greek implies heat. You need to get over into prayer to a place where you hit the fervency. There is a devotional type of prayer that does not require the fervency. But when you're really praying on a specific prayer target, in order to really unlock that and to break it through, there needs to be some heat that's generated. And I believe this fervency, this heat, pertains to our focus, our desire, really a willingness to not take no for an answer. Now, when I'm saying not taking no, in context, I'm talking about prayers that are governed by the Word of God, and very importantly, because there are things that the Word doesn't cover from the perspective of the will of God pertaining to your life. I mean, the Bible, you know, here's my Bible. You you can see how thick it is, okay? So God can't put everything in there uh, pertaining to do this, do that, or we'd have a book, you know, a hundred miles thick. So the thing is, there are some things in life you have to catch the leading, the guiding, the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit concerning. So the prayers need to be in harmony with the Holy Spirit. When you know they are, you can really push the gas pedal all the way down to the floor. You can floor that accelerator, and you can really begin to apply the heat in prayer. Now, if you're not sure before you begin to pray, with zeal like that, you need to make sure that it is in agreement with God's will. Elijah is praying in accordance with the will of God. And so that is very, very important to get good results. When you know you have the thumbs up from the Lord, the green light go, you can move over into fervency and you need to get there. There needs to be some heat generated in your prayer time so that there is that breakthrough momentum that begins to move, praise God, as the Spirit of God will respond, and the Father hears your prayers. It's amazing what God will do. The effective, fervent, or heated prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, your righteousness is a spiritual identification in Christ. It's not something that you have to try to become. I'm talking to believers. Once you become a Christian, 
you are born again on the inside. When you genuinely and sincerely ask Christ into your heart, in the eyes of the Father, he sees you as being righteous because now you are in his Son, and his Son is righteous. So you hold a position of righteousness or right standing with God because of your position your identification of who you are now in Christ as a child of God. Praise the Lord. So pray knowing that you are a righteous man. Pray knowing that you are a righteous woman redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Now it says that this prayer avails much, is dynamic in its working is what one translation says. This is very effective. It avails much. Tremendous power is released, and the hand of God moves, and things that were formerly locked are unlocked, and we get over into the miracle realm. Verse 17. Here's a great example. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit moved upon James as he's writing this to help us to understand that these these men in the Bible in some ways is almost like they're at such a legendary status that you think it's untouchable for regular people. But my friends, the Word of God tells us Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. So he had to deal with his flesh. He had to deal with, you know, hot weather, cold weather, lack of food, or difficulties of life, and the the challenges that life brings, especially in his culture and in his society of the day, where the nation of Israel was in a backslidden condition, and you have a you have a wicked ungodly king running the nation with a crazy wife, and it was just a very, very difficult time for all of God's people that were really endeavoring to live for the Lord, and Elijah finds himself during that time, but he was a prophet. He was a man that discovered power with God through prayer, and I pray that this be your discovery as well, and you have mighty testimonies as well of answered prayers. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. Okay, stop right there just for a moment. He prayed earnestly, and this this is uh, an implication of continuity, and this is where oftentimes many of God's people, when they're praying, they're on target, they're praying the right prayer, they've got the right focus, they're on the right track, but a few days go by, a week goes by. How about this? Some months go by, and the prayer is still unanswered. So you know what a lot of people do? They abandon the project, and they just they step off, not thinking that God doesn't want to answer it. They just step off oftentimes because loss of focus, of fatigue, of the inability to get motivated to come back into the battle again. And so oftentimes they just quit. And they they want to see the prayer answered, but they just fall off. They they drop off. It's very very important that there be earnestness in your prayer. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. You must stay with it until you have heard from the Lord that it's done. Sometimes, in the in the sense of hearing from the Lord, it's not just the Lord said, "Hey, 
I'll, I'll do it for you. It's more like oftentimes you get the inward witness. I've, I've broken through. I know I've got it. And, and you get it. You get the answer on the inside, maybe through a joyful lifting of the Holy Spirit, maybe through a, 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 a word, a word of wisdom, or oftentimes it could even be in a song, like a happy song or a song of victory that the Spirit of God gives you to sing. It just rises up on the inside of you. Wow. Praise the Lord. But you must not quit until you have accomplished the assignment. If you pull off too soon, you risk not just getting maybe 30% accomplished or 70% accomplished. You risk not getting anything accomplished because here's why. Oftentimes in these situations, it's, it really does come down to win or take all. It's not like, well, we didn't win, but it was a tie. No, it's Oftentimes in, the, in these types of situations, there are no ties. There's either a winner or there's a loser. And it's not like there's even, you know, a, a bronze or a silver medal. It, you either get the gold or there's no, you, you get nothing. And so, my friends, you must have continuity in your prayer. You must have heat. And, you know, that, that really does imply an output of effort. I, I know sometimes we, we expend effort at work. We expend effort here. We expend effort in marriages. That, you know, with our we expend effort in our families with our children. These things demand your effort, and so sometimes you can feel a little bit like, well, I'd like to pray, but I I'm feeling a little bit spent. But my friends, if you really want to win, and just drive it through, you're going to have to rise up in encouragement. You have to encourage yourself, let the Spirit of the Lord encourage you, and get back in there and keep going after that thing. Don't think that because you're praying on it multiple times, there's something wrong with that. There are different types of prayer. There are certain prayers that it's almost impossible for them to get answered with just a short petition. You must stay on it and stay on it and stay on it. And aren't you glad that we have this amazing example of Elijah recorded for us in the Bible to know that even for him, he had to really be persistent in order to get this prayer request answered. And by the way, this is a very unorthodox request, something that you cannot replicate or get a cheap version of in the natural. In other words, there are some things you can't say, well, you know, it's like a diamond. Well, Lord, I'd like to have a diamond, but, you know, I guess I'll just settle for a cubic zirconium. No, there, there are no replicas in these areas. There are no knockoff versions. You either get the main thing or the prayer gets completely unanswered. So you have to go all the way and push this all the way through because there's no middle ground on these types of situations. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. What, a, what an unusual request that it not rain, but yet the request is safely within the parameters of the permitted will of God and of the permission of the Holy Spirit to pray along this line. And the Holy Spirit needs to get King Ahab's attention. There's nothing that gets the attention uh, of a sinner when his sin, uh, quite like that of his sin getting interrupted. When things get so bad that you can't even really enjoy your sin, it's interrupting your sin. <laughs> well, nothing like a good drought of it not raining for three and a half years. Wow, that's going to interrupt 
the life of everybody. That will begin to touch everybody in a way where a great humbling can begin to come in, potentially, potentially, that can begin to come in and get the attention of an entire nation. Now, so he prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Well, you know, just think about the state and the town that you live in. What if it didn't rain for three years and six months? Even some desert regions can catch seasonal rains. Even some desert climates can still get dew. But this was a prayer that God answered so powerfully that not only did it not rain, dew would not even appear on vegetation. It was rock dry. And so this is very, very powerful prayer uh, uh, response from God, very unusual request, but it was what was needed. Oftentimes, when you have dire conditions, it takes something very unorthodox in order to get the, the attention that God warrants in order for things to get back on track. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, let's look into it just a little bit. In 1 Kings chapter 17, let's just take a little glimpse today into the life of Elijah, who prayed this very, very powerful prayer, and extract some of these principles, some of this tenacious nature of this man that said, I will not come off this prayer, and I'm going to pray it every day and pray into it and pray into it until this thing gets answered. Let's take a look at this today. 1 Kings 17, verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, Now, before we get into what he says, chapter 17 marks a very interesting shift, because suddenly we're introduced to Elijah the Tishbite, and there is no previous mention of this guy. He literally comes on the scenes of Bible history out of nowhere. There is no record about his former experience, what he used to do, where, you know, uh, his background. He just comes on the scene. And if you are willing to pray and to have a close walk with God, God can bring you on the scene in your respected calling and your respected field, and you will be the one that shows up empowered by God. Sometimes it'll look like you just came out of nowhere, and they'll be like, wow. This person has, he has a connection, has an empowerment with God that we need. Okay, so you could be a, a salesperson. You could be an engineer. You could be a scientist. You could be a minister. But you come onto the scene empowered by God. And you could have been around for a while, but there was the moment when God highlighted you. Why? Because you prayed it through. Now watch this. Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand. Now he's, the, he's talking to the king of Israel. There shall not be dew. I mean, watch that. Not even dew. Not even moisture on the cactus. Nothing. There shall not be dew nor rain these years. Uh-oh, this is not for a few days, these years, except at my word. He comes on the scene 
with such confidence. God's already answered the prayer. So he goes before the king, and I need to say this. I know you hear on the news, and you hear people make this expression concerning the office of the president. And I, let, me, let me say this in context. And they say, referring to the office of the president, that noble office, they say, the highest office in the land. It's not. Praise the Lord. I just need to let you know that because the world thinks from a logical, physical, natural perspective. But there are things that God can do that no president and no prime minister and no cabinet and no Supreme Court can undo. And when God backed this man's words, there was nothing that the president could do. There was nothing that the prime minister could do. Look, Elijah so prayed it through and knew that he had prayed it through and had got the answer from the Lord that he went and told the king, it's not going to rain until I give the word. He was the only man on the planet that had the key that could unlock the heavens. He was the only person over that whole region of the world where God said it's not going to rain for three and a half years. And he had given that word to Elijah. And Elijah knows he has the key of authority. He says, and it's not going to rain unless I say so. And there's nobody on the planet that can unlock it. It doesn't matter if Jezebel would have called together every prophet of Baal Let's get all the warlocks. Let's get all the witches. Let's bring them in and import them from other nations. Let's get everybody together, and let's, let's just get some power, and let's unlock this thing. It, doesn't, it wouldn't have mattered what they had done. It wouldn't have mattered if you would have bought every billionaire on the planet and spent all their money to uh, try to resolve it. It wouldn't have mattered if you got every evil person and released all their power. It's locked. It is absolutely locked by God. And nobody can do anything about it except the one man who prayed it through. And because he prayed it through, he holds that key of authority because God gave it to him. So the highest office in the land belongs to the people of God who know their God and walk in authority. And there's, there is a place where the church is coming into of such terrifying authority that that the, the reverence and the holy fear of the Lord, which is called in the Bible the spirit of the fear of the Lord, will begin to come back. Because remember in the early book of Acts, the early chapters of Acts, even with the church exploding in growth and, and great things taking place, you had to be very, very careful in joining a church like that. And there were many people that didn't get saved or didn't join the church, but they had great respect for the church. And yet you had to have a great reverence and honor because God was moving in tremendous power. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So I believe in the last days, God's going to move again in similar fashion. Hallelujah. Where the authority of the church exercised by mature believers who have heard from the Lord. You can't do this unless you've heard from the Lord, but will operate in tremendous anointing. And we're in a season right now where we're under a president that loves the Lord and really 
loves the church and it has a, we have a very good administration and I, I know it's not perfect there is by the way there is no perfect administration until jesus comes back physically and runs the planet literally himself but we do have a, a, a time now where we are in a season where we have a christian president who loves this nation and he's doing the best that he can to see this nation strong and healthy and also being a shield to the church. And so we should be very, very thankful for that to the Lord. And we should be praying for our president. Praise the Lord. But my friends, Elijah locked it up and the king of Israel couldn't do anything about it, nor could anybody else. It's locked and sealed. Praise the Lord. See, you have the ability through effective fervent, heated, continual prayer to unlock anything that the enemy would try to have locked up against you. If it pertains to your destiny, your assignment, if you will get in there and work it, it might not happen overnight. And it look, it might not happen within a month or several, but if you'll stay on it and just keep hitting it and stay on it, you can eventually get the ear of God and God can say, I'm going to answer this prayer, and I'm going to do this. There have been people throughout church history who've walked with the Lord in such a deep place of authority in prayer. I mean, it's been powerful. There's been others who've had that ability to unlock the heavens when they were locked up. And one of those men was uh, Charles Harrison Mason. If you ever want to Google him and find out more about him, he was the apostle that found it the denomination known as the Church of God in Christ. And in the early 1900s, I'm talking about right around 1940s, particularly in the latter part of his life, you know what? He, he experienced a lot of persecution in the Deep South. He was a black man, a black minister, but a true apostle of God and a true apostle of prayer. And he had such a tremendous prayer life. He could go into drought-stricken areas in the nation, and he could break the drought through prayer. I mean, th these were situations where whole cities were hurting and struggling. The animals were dying, and people were even dying. He could go into those cities and plead the mercy of God and go into prayer. It might take him a couple of days. Usually it did, but he could pray it through, and it would begin to rain. I'm, I'm talking miracle answers to prayer. And one time, the, uh, the police down in Mississippi, they, they didn't like him. There was heavy racism during that time. They arrested him on false charges, and they put him in the jail, and they put him down below in a section down below in the jail that was very hot. They really put him down there so that he would suffocate and hopefully die. But he was down there praying, and God sent a tornado in response to his prayer. Now, he wasn't praying for a tornado. He was just like, God, get me out of here. Don't let me die. I want to do, I, I want to complete the work that you've called me to do. And God sent a tornado and blew the whole jail away. <laughs> I'm telling you, a, a man or woman that really knows how to pray can get results that are amazing. So the highest offices in the land are those that are in the spirit, that know how to get over into the spirit. And nations can be shaken. Praise God. There have been men and women throughout church history that have shaped the, de the destiny of nations. That could, uh, th these were nations that could have been gobbled up 
with the work of the enemy, but great men and women of God rose up and it altered what could have been national calamity and was turned into rescue and into relief. Praise God. Hallelujah. But even even more so pertaining to your own personal life and things that God has promised you, if you don't get in there and pray, it, it might not change. Now, it, it just could work out somehow, you know, but at the same time, if that's all you're relying on, it could just continue also the way it has for year after year after year after year. That's why it's very important that you pray like Elijah. There needs to be that fervency. Get over into that place of fervency. I'm not saying fabricate it. I'm not saying act like you're in it when you're not. But just spend time with the Lord and keep praying, keep hanging around the altar of prayer, and you'll catch those times by the Spirit when you just get lit on fire. It's like you're on fire, and uh, you're just praying so fast and so hard and so strong. Look, don't pull out of that until you've exhausted that. Stay in that, because it's it's when you're in there, now you're working. And, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes it takes effort just to get into that place so it took so so since it took so much to get into it once you find yourself uh that you're in it well just glory in it glory in the grace of god and the the carrying ability of the spirit to lift you into it so stay in it and really just work it for everything you can i mean just pray as fast and hard and strong as you can in tongues if you're praying in English, but you're still praying in the Spirit, in the sense even from your English or natural language, you know you're praying the will of God. Just go with whatever is coming out. Praise the Lord. But my friends, don't be afraid to just push it. I think that can be a little bit of an awkward feeling for some who've always been very, um, how can we say, mild and restrained. Well, Pastor Stephen, that, that's just not the way I do it. Well, that's the way they did it in the Bible. You should endeavor to lean over into that. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe when we pray like this, we can see incredible results. By the way, I do believe that a spiritual awakening is coming to this nation. But remember, as we're believing God for a spiritual awakening, the most important person that could ever be awakened is yourself, right? I've, I've, uh, I've been in places before where there have been legitimate, genuine outpourings and movings of the Spirit. And sometimes people get so excited to see others get touched and other, others get blessed. But the thing is, is that you must enter in. You must step into the waters and get refreshed. Hallelujah. So make sure that you're full of the oil of the Spirit. You need to have your testimonies, your own testimonies. Hallelujah. And God will give you those when you are faithful to pray. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So right now, think about those key promises, perhaps even key prophecies that have been spoken into your life. What are you going to do about those things? Are you just going to let those sit there for another year, another five years, another 10 years? Why not just lean in and say enough is enough. I'm going to begin to pray very, very powerfully. Now, when you're praying like this, this is not the time really to pray for, you know, 20 different things. And you're trying to cover all 20 of them. Really in context, this is a very laser focused prayer. Elijah was praying, Lord, shut up the heavens. 
I feel led of your spirit. Shut up the heavens. Ahab and Jezebel, are they need to be dealt with. They are reckless. They are destroying the nation. They're destroying your people. Lord, shut up the entire heavens. Let it not rain. And he prayed, and he prayed, and God shut the whole thing up, and nobody could do anything about it. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's not politically correct. They're powerless. Uh, well, Pastor Stephen, they're reporting on the news media that uh, that's not nice what Elijah did. Well, it's, they're still, if they want to do something about it, they can pray. But we all know they're all powerless to touch what God has locked. And what he's locked? They just can't unlock it, no matter how much they wish it would be unlocked. So, my friends, you can pray into a place of breakthrough where it breaks, and you have it, and there it is. I'm telling you what, there is tremendous power in the Spirit. So, endeavor to get over into the fervent sea, okay? And remember, if you get there once, and you have a tremendous prayer time, and a few days go by, maybe a few weeks, and it's still not unlocked the way it needs to be, keep praying. Keep praying, keep praying, and you will, you will finally reach that place where God answers. Woo! Praise the Lord. And I believe you'll answer your prayer. Remember, when you read these stories, they're so wonderful, but it's like James said, under the anointing of, and, and under the inspiration of the Spirit, he was a natural guy. Elijah was a natural guy, just like us. He wasn't bionic. He wasn't superhuman. He wasn't somehow exempt from living in a flesh and blood body and having to deal with all of those things like we all do. But he was a man that understood we can get in here and pray and see God do incredible things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's time for a manifestation. It's time for breakthroughs. It's time for miracles. What does that mean? It means it's time to pray. Heavenly Father, bless your people. Let them go like Elijah the prophet and pray until the answer comes in Jesus' name. And we all agree today and say, amen. Praise God. Now, before you leave, let's take communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that you belong to Jesus? By the way, when you pray, you will experience the power of the cross in your life. What is the power of the cross? It is the crucifixion of the self-life. The more you die to the self-life, the more you live to the life of God. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I have come. He said, that's why I've come. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And the word life in, in the Greek is the word zoe, Z-O-E. And it means the God quality of living. Woo! Not just when you go to heaven. Down here, how do you come into that God life, that God dimension of quality, of love and joy and peace and just a life filled with the goodness of God? How do you come into it? Through the cross. Through the cross, the crucifixion of the self-life and the self-nature. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's when you discover what true living really is. And that's when you discover that prayer is, is, is glorious. Praise the Lord. And out of those experiences, you feel the empowerment of the Spirit within your heart. Praise God. 
Father, we consecrate and bless this. This is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. We thank you that we can take communion uh, together as a church family, as believers together with ministry partners and friends around the world. We thank you, Father, for the body of Jesus. We proclaim his death until he comes, and that we thank you it's through his death that we have his life expressed in us. We give you praise, O God. We thank you for the ability to pray. We choose to pray. We choose to engage you through prayer. Hallelujah. We thank you that you will answer as we stay consistent and we stay persistent. Father, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you for these opportunities. Thank you for the body of Christ. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Let's eat. Praise the Lord. Mm, Glory to God. What exceeding great and precious promises we have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe some of you are going to also get over into Romans 8.26, where you get carried over into the groanings of the Holy Spirit. He begins to groan through you, because some things cannot even be expressed through words. You go over into the groaning. The Holy Spirit will help you with that, help take you through it. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the cross of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that he shed on that, on that cross. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you for the power of the crucified life. We give you praise because it's through the death that we get to experience the life and the resurrection power of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for his blood. We drink it and receive it now in all of its life-giving benefits. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Let's drink. Praise the Lord. My friends, I believe according to the Word of God that God not only will, but wants to answer your prayers. But you must be willing to pray continually and fervently and unrelentingly until that answer comes. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.